0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Alec Allihan, and we got quite a bit of news to talk about where a lot of things are blowing up and not in a good way. Let's start with the domestic top five. So, the first bomb we are talking about is Shazam Fury of the Gods, which opened to a terrible $30 million. In second place was Scream 6 with $17.3 million. For a total of seventy-five point eight million. Third place was Creed Three with fifteen point three million for a total of one hundred twenty-seven point seven million. In fourth place was Sixty Five with five point eight million for a total of twenty-two point four million. And in fifth place was Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania with four point two million for a total now of two hundred five point nine million. So far, March has had back-to-back bangers at the box office with Creed Three and Scream Six, and with John Wick Chapter 4 likely joining them. As for Zazam, though, well, if there was one big film that was going to fail, it was likely going to be this one. If not, then Dungeons & Dragons, though we need to wait and see how that does. So how bad is it? Well, it's uh, pretty bad, as analysts had this coming in to around $35 million for opening weekend, which is already low enough, yet it still came in lower than that. Compare that to the first Zazam, which opened to $53 million. Back in the spring of 2019. On top of that, reception has been poor, with it being rotten on Rotten Tomatoes with 49%, and a cinema score of B+. So as for its future at the box office, that is also looking poor, as there is no hype around the film. Uh, there's no good word of mouth from critics or from audiences to carry it. How did this happen? Well, there is no clear reason for it. I think there are a few factors involved. First is that Shazam 1 came out four years ago, and Unlike other DC characters which have had small cameos in other projects, Shazam has not been seen since, so there's a decent chance the general audience probably forgot about it. Second is the changes at DC, with them going ahead with basically a full reboot, so even for the people who loved the first movie, it was not made clear to them if Shazam would be staying around in DCU or is this it. All of this, plus the poor reviews, well, it's not a recipe for success. As for what happens at Warner Brothers in DC, I'd say right now, nothing. Uh, They are still going full steam ahead with the new universe, and while they obviously would have liked Shazam 2 to be a hit, uh, it is part of the old universe and does not affect their upcoming plans. Interestingly, Zachary Levi has been on social media after the opening weekend and has publicly commented that he thinks it's the marketing that was the reason for the poor numbers. Replying to someone on Twitter, he had this to say, Quote, This is also true, sad but true. How much that actually affects the box office is anyone's guess, but I think the biggest issue we're having is marketing. This is a perfect family movie, and yet a lot of families aren't aware of that, which is just a shame. Usually this doesn't happen, but I understand why he would be upset about the poor numbers, as it basically confirms a Shazam 3 is not happening, and if he does get a chance to play the role in the future, it would be in a different DC film, likely as a supporting character. Now, let's take a look at the box office numbers in China. In first place, again, was Post Truth, which made 19.2 million for a total of 52.3 million. In second place was Revival with 6.5 million for a total now of 22.8 million. Opening in third place was Shazam Fury of the Gods with 4.3 million. Fourth place was Boonie Bears Guardian Code with 1.7 million for a total of 218.8 million. And in fifth place, was Megan, which opened the $1.6 million. So, Post-Truth is doing well at the box office, increasing 11% from its opening weekend. That's great to see. As for the Hollywood films, Megan was not a surprised, and Shazam not doing great was kind of expected. The first one only made $43.8 million back in 2019, so considering how Hollywood films are doing in China right now, plus no one seems interested in the sequel, yeah, I'd say this was expected. And just like in China, internationally, Citadel Fury of the Gods did not light up the box office, bringing in 35 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 65.5 million. This will be lucky to make 200 million worldwide now, far short of the first one, which made 363 million worldwide. Scream 6 made 11.3 million for a worldwide total of 116 million. Creed 3 made another 12 million for a worldwide total of 224.3 million. Funny, with the 96.6 million made internationally, Creed 3 is making more for Warner Brothers than Shazam is, and it's not even their movie. They're just distributing it. 65 made another 5.1 million for a worldwide total of 16.4 million. Cocaine Bear is now at $75 million worldwide, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is at million. million worldwide. We start off the news in Hollywood with really just shocking news and that is Jonathan Majors has been arrested in New York City. He has been charged with assault and harassment. These stem from an alleged domestic incident with his girlfriend where police were called and he was brought in. Now obviously we have to wait and see what happens with the charges, but it has already been reported that his girlfriend did sustain injuries in the head and neck area while Majors Majors' lawyer is already saying that they are gathering video evidence that will prove his innocence. Now, if this is proven true, that he did assault and abuse his girlfriend, he should absolutely see jail time, and I would hope Disney and Marvel would replace him as Kang. Also, it really is shocking, if it is true, how fast he ruined his career, because he was a big rising star over the past few months, and now it could all be over. Hell, right before this came out, Searchlight set a release date for the film Majors is starring in. The magazine Dreams film that they bought at Sundance. They said a release date in December, so clearly they were looking for a possible awards push for him. Well, that might be all gone now. If I was Disney and Marvel, I'd have a replacement for Kang ready to go, because assuming there are no delays on filming the next Avengers movie, they should be filming that next year. Speaking of Marvel Studios and Disney, Victoria Alonzo has left the studio. She was in charge of the VFX for Marvel Productions, and no reason has been given for her departure. Now, since we don't have a reason as to why, let's do a little speculation. It would not surprise me if she is to become the fall person for some of the recent missteps with Marvel movies, namely the VFX are noticeably getting worse. Now, obviously, that might have to do more with how much content they are pumping out, but there have been reports for months now about how VFX companies hate working for Marvel, and Alonso has been named as someone not great to work with. So if you drop her, You know, it send a message to at least the people in Hollywood, paying attention to Hollywood, that we hear you and we're making changes. And I say people in or watching Hollywood because no regular person who does not read Variety or Deadline is going to know this happened. But again, this is just speculation until we get a report from someone with inside sources about what actually happened. She will not be the only Disney employee let go, however, as Deadline is exclusively reporting on how Disney will do their big layoffs that were announced earlier this year. As of now, the plan is to have it done in two, maybe three waves. The first, a small one at the end of March, a big wave of layoffs in mid-April, and then possibly a third one at the end of April, if needed. Overall, the plan for the company is to lay off around 7,000 employees. Hopefully, they are given a good severance package and can land on their feet as soon as possible. Sticking with Disney for a second, Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson have left the Star Wars film that they are writing the screenplay for. As of now, the director is still on board, and unless anything else changes, the film will be announced at the upcoming Star Wars Celebration event. I take it Lucasfilm already has someone on board to write the screenplay, if they are getting ready to announce what it'll be. I really hope that Lucasfilm as a whole get their act together and get a Star Wars movie made. It's getting a little ridiculous that Star Wars right now only lives on as a Disney Plus franchise. Universal has announced two upcoming films for Jordan Peele's Pop Productions. The first one will come out September 24th next year and is a horror thriller film. The second is set to come out next Christmas, and that one Peel will be directing. So, not many details at all about the two films, but it's nice to see Monkey Paw Productions growing. As for what the holiday schedule is looking like next year, we right now have a Jordan Peel film, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and assuming no delays, Avatar 3. Over at Sony, Deadline is reporting that both Josh Gordon and Will Speck have signed a first-look deal with the studio to produce films. This comes after they directed La Crocodile for them, which was released last year. Bloomberg is reporting that Apple will be following and Amazon steps in spending $1 billion a year to produce films for theatrical release. This is not surprising as Apple has already teamed up with Paramount for Flowers at a Killer Moon for theatrical release, and they already have a slate of potential films that could go to theater first. This includes Napoleon, a Formula One movie starring Brad Pitt, or even Argyle, that Matthew Vaughn spy movie. If any of these move to a theatrical release first before going to Apple TV+, it would not be surprising. Besides Bloomberg reporting that, they mentioned that Apple is already in talks with studios to make a deal to distribute films. I would say if a studio makes a deal, it's going to be either Warner Brothers or Sony. I kind of think Disney and Universal are big enough that they don't need it. For Paramount, they might want to wait to see how Flowers at a Killer Moon goes first before looking to make a deal. Anyway, I still think this is great, as the more movies and theaters, the better. In an exclusive from Deadline, Paramount has bought a remake of the classic Hitchcock film Vertigo. The film will star Robert Downey Jr. in the lead role and the screenplays being written by Stephen Knight. No word yet on who would direct it. I actually think Vertigo getting the remake treatment might work. It's old enough that a remake in a modern setting could work, and Downey has the talent to do it. I would give it a watch. We end this section of the podcast with some bad news, and that is Aaron Sorkin suffered a stroke back in November. He revealed it to the New York He revealed it to the New York Times in an interview as promotion for his Broadway play, Camelot. He mentioned that after the stroke he had a hard time writing his name and slurred his words while he is getting better. He mentioned he still can't taste food. Hopefully he continues his recovery from it well. For VOD Premium, we'll show we Netflix, where they have hired John Svetis to write the script for the Gears of War film. His recent work includes writing with Dennis Villeneuve on Dune Part 1 and Part 2, as well as writing credits for the first Doctor Strange, Passengers, and Prometheus. From the credits he has, he definitely has the talents to write a good script. I just hope depending on what Netflix and the coalition are going for that he doesn't ignore the games like a certain adaptation, Halo. They've also renewed one of their hit shows, You, a thriller about a serial killer for a fifth and final season. They recently just released the second half of season four. For Peacock, Eddie Renmayne has been cast as the main lead for a new show in development between Peacock and Sky Studios. The show is called The Day of the Jackal and is a thriller based off a book of the same name. Disney is trying something new with an upcoming Searchlight film, Flame and Hot, which we are first hearing about thanks to an exclusive from deadline The film is about the story of how the Flame and Hot Cheeto was made and is directed by Evil Angoria. What Disney is doing domestically is that it will be released on both Hulu and Disney Plus at the same time. When it debuts on June 9th, internationally, it will just be released on Disney Plus, as they don't have Hulu. So I wonder why they are doing this, because up until now, Searchlight films just go straight to Hulu, that's it. Or it's the ones that go to stream and go to Hulu. Maybe they want to test the waters and see how many views the film gets between both services. Really, all of 2023, eyes will be on Disney and how they want to deal with the future of Hulu as they get ready to potentially buy the rest of it next year. Disney Plus will also be getting a new series soon, focused on Ed Sheeran. Called The Sum of It All, the four-part series will focus on the singer's personal life, and it premieres May 3rd. Taking a look at Paramount Plus, they announced a release date for Yonder, a Korean series that they produced with CJ ENM. This is one of the shows that they have produced together following their partnership that was announced back in 2021. The show, already available in South Korea, will launch on Paramount Plus on April 11th in America, UK, Canada, Italy, Germany, and Latin America, along with a few other countries. Paramount Plus is also releasing a new action thriller series called Rabbit Hole, starring Keith Sutherland. It starts airing march twenty sixth and so far has gone solid reviews with a seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And as it for this episode of Box Office Receipts, thank you for listening and see you next time.